0: what's going on guys welcome back to let it grow investing i am jeff and thank you very very much for stopping by and uh, carving out a piece of your day to be here with me but uh we've got uh, a bunch of different stuff going on in the market today but uh, first i wanted to say that uh i would greatly appreciate a review on either spotify apple google wherever you're listening it really does help the uh the podcast get uh push to other uh, like-minded investors and really helps the community grow. Uh, We've also got the Facebook uh, Let It Grow investing page where you can get a little bit more up to the minute uh, updates. When I see something, I'll share it. And uh, if you've got some kind of piece of news that we haven't seen on the group, feel free to go ahead and share as well. Uh, Really build that community aspect of the uh, the investing page here. Um, So uh, we were talking Monday, about, uh, you know, the market had been really rolling up. We were up about um, 10, 15 percent, depending where you're looking. And, uh, you know, I was really kind of at that point where I really didn't want to be doing a ton of buying as the market was really rolling up so, so high. I really don't want everyone to have that uh, that FOMO, that fear of missing out on, hey, you know, the the floodgates are open and and stocks are everything's a buy right now. Uh, so I've really been watching my buys. I've been setting some limit orders for uh, a couple different things and I'm going to wait for those prices to come back down to where I want to buy it, right? I'm not going to let the market dictate where we're going to buy. We're going to wait and be patient and look at the charts, look at the numbers and make sure that everything is a good time to buy. Uh, if you're going to dollar cost average, you know, if you're doing that daily, weekly, monthly, uh, whenever you get your paycheck, that's a that's a great way to do it too. Uh, but for me, sometimes I'll, I'll average into single positions when they are right for me, and uh, you know, on some of them they just aren't there yet. So, like one buy that I have is for Google. Uh, it's been staying in that high twenty seven hundred, low to mid twenty eight hundred range. i wanted to come back down to that twenty six hundred range. Uh, you know, kind of where we were when things started selling off with the uh the start of the Russia Ukraine problems and that's really where I want to be. If it gets down to the 2500 range, I'll probably buy some more. So that's one that I really want to buy. We've talked about why, you know, they got the upcoming stock split, a lot of different growth, that peg ratio is dirt cheap uh and just I think it's a good spot to be for the next 5-10 years. So ultimately that's one that I just want to build a position and uh I'll do that when the numbers come to me, not when uh, it runs up, because that's when you're going to get crushed. If you bought Bitcoin at sixty five thousand, uh, you know you're you're still down on that position. So that's not where I want to be buying. I don't want to buy when everyone else is doing it. I want to buy when there's that fear in the streets. So we're going to get greedy when that fear's out there. So that's uh, that's one thing I'm looking at right now. We did see some growth stocks start running. Um, could be because, uh, Elon Musk decided to buy about 10% of Twitter and, uh, got appointed to the board. He will be capped out at, I think think it was 14 and a half percent ownership. He can't have any more than that. So he could still buy a few more percent of the company. He's got the cash to do it. It wouldn't surprise me if he, uh, maxed out that position. We're really uncertain as to what he's going to do with that, uh, That stake in the company. Obviously, he thinks it's a great long-term investment. Uh, I'm fairly certain he's got bigger plans for it. He's not just going to sit back and let Twitter do its thing now. He's got such a substantial stake in the company. He's going to have some plans of it, uh, plans of his own for the company. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, I haven't bought any Twitter. I've never owned it. Uh, You know, I, I do own Tesla. It's still my largest share or my largest position, And uh, I'm still very bullish. You know, they've got uh, some of the earnings just came out. They delivered like 310,000 cars in the quarter, uh, up 67% on uh, deliveries from quarter one of 21. So we've got some big gains there. Uh, They did have uh, more battery production out of the uh, the Berlin uh, plant, which is great. And then we do have some uh, Shanghai problems with some of the plants being closed over there. Could certainly hurt quarter two numbers. Um, in the way of EVs and automotive, we're, when we're looking at Ford. I know we've been uh, adding to that one. Uh, there are some uh, some things over there going on. We've got uh, them splitting the legend, uh, the legendary auto side of the business, the internal combustion side, and the EV side. They want to unlock some growth potential, streamline uh, some things going on with the EV and maximize the profits over there. So they're gonna be separate units. It's still gonna be under one roof. I think it's under one brand. And uh, ultimately, we'll see where that goes. They did have to do some shutdowns on uh, the Mustang production, as well as I know the Super Duty. Uh, The truck orders for 22 were closed on April 1st. Uh, So if you were looking to build a 22, it's over. You can't buy one until the 23s come out. Uh, there might be some on the lots that have been ordered, but uh, ultimately the rest of the year, if you're looking to get a custom built truck for you, order it your way, that is closed. Uh, so that could certainly be a uh, a downside going forward uh, for Ford for quarter two and for the rest of the season here. And then ultimately we'll see where we go when supply chain gets back online. I believe that is why they closed the orders for or shut down the plants for the Mustang is supply chain shortages. It was costing them too much to have everyone working and they weren't producing enough vehicles. So they, they ended up shutting it down until uh, those supply chain hiccups were back sorted out and everything was back online. Um, so, you know, with that being said, when we're looking at uh, the growth of Twitter, uh, you know, Tesla and even the EVs from Ford, we definitely had, like I said, some of these stocks run Monday. Um, probably something to do with the the Twitter space uh, and the fact that it was running up so hard. A lot of the other ETFs that uh, are in with the, uh, like the ARK fund owns Twitter. And then so some of the other ARK stocks were kind of running along with it. And uh, I don't know if people were buying it through the ARK fund or what was going on, but everything kind of moved up in line with it. So we had uh, Peloton, Zoom, uh, DocuSign, Roku, Etsy, Shopify, all all running up higher. Um, you know, Peloton did uh, get uh, McCarthy from Netflix and Spotify uh, into their uh, business, so now he is going to be doing a lot with the subscription and uh, renewals of people trying to um, keep the Peloton service going and really expand what they're doing. And uh, for that reason, I think that's a, a good move for them to get the right people in the right places at the right time and ultimately it's going to bolster their business to do to do better so i think that is a a good move on their part uh makes me a little bit more bullish on peloton uh compared to uh you know zoom where it ran up and i'm a little bit less uh certain as to what's going on with zoom they have just so much competition That uh, as just an online video chat communication platform, you know, you've got Microsoft uh, Teams and Google, Uh, you know, everyone seems to have some sort of video conferencing now. And I'm kind of nervous that if Zoom doesn't do anything different, they're not going to survive some of these big, uh, big players in the space coming after their one one trick pony, if you will, you know, they, they kind of do the one thing they do it well, but, uh, ultimately these other guys have, uh, a lot more going for them in some of the technology that they have and other things. So I'm, I'm definitely worried about, uh, about zoom. You know, they've ran up during the pandemic and then they, they crashed down. I want to say it was hundreds of points that, uh, that moved, uh, on zoom. I'm gonna pull that one up real quick, just to make sure I'm, I'm getting that right. But uh, when we look at that two-year chart, it's been it's been pretty brutal. Uh, so yeah, if we look at a five-year, they uh, they got up to five sixty-eight. I'll I'll call it. That's where I'm seeing it in October of 2020, and we are at 115 now. So if you wanted to lose, you know, four hundred you know, fifty points over the course of what a year and a half, that uh, that was a good way to do it. But uh, yeah, you just don't want to ever buy when it, it runs that hard in that short of amount of time because you know if nothing else is there to support it, you're going to get that crash. Uh, so that's why I'm saying even with Google, I don't want to get into the FOMO of yes, it's run up 10, 15%. I want to let that number come back down to where it was or at least close and then I'll start buying. Um, so now same similar things with DocuSign. I know they have a lot more, um, you know, power to keep people on the platform, and uh, that one is a little bit safer. But we still have a high uh, PE ratio on that. When we're looking at uh, Zoom, theirs is at 27 times, which has definitely come down. Uh, and now, actually, DocuSign is not profitable at the moment, but uh, I know their price to sales was still pretty high, and they had gone from um, about uh, 300 even last. Uh, Last end of last summer, early last fall, and now we're at 102. So you know they've lost 60 some percent in a matter of maybe six months. So it is getting cheaper. Uh, the The lack of profitability still is uh, is worrisome to me. Analysts say that uh, this one is pretty much priced to perfection at 0.3 percent of upside on DocuSign. So I'm not seeing too much there. That's really telling me we got a catalyst to go higher. Yes, it's trimmed off about 60% of its value, but uh, even still, I'm not rushing out to buy DocuSign. Like I said, there's just a lot of competition in these names, and ultimately, we need to figure out where they're going to go and what they're going to do, uh, and with people returning to work, a lot of people are going back to their old ways. They're signing things in person, uh, you know, this, that, the other, so like, where, where is DocuSign going? I, I do think it's a good business. I think a lot of people are going to go into a platform like this, but is there anything really that's proprietary theirs that uh, no one else can replicate in any way, shape, or form? So that one kind of worries me also. Then we get into Etsy. Uh, Etsy and Shopify are probably my two that I would look to buy right now um, in the way that I don't really think they are pandemic plays. I think they got grouped into that. But then ultimately, they're doing their own thing. I think a lot of people are looking for a side hustle. They want to have, uh, you know, they, they do their crafts or whatever they're building, and they want to sell it on these platforms, either if you want an online store or just a way to sell your products. I still think that these are a great way to go. Uh, I think they're some of the best in the space and that uh, ultimately, I think that the appetite for people to have this side business and the side hustle is growing. Uh, with the cost of everything on the rise. And if you're not getting that, uh, that raise that you feel you deserve at work, people are looking for another way to make a buck or to work from home. Uh, and these two are going to be great ways to do that. Uh, and then, you know, the analysts agree with me on Etsy at a 60.8% upside from their price of 125, average price target at 201. And then when we look at uh, Shopify, did I say Spotify? If I did, I'm sorry, I meant Shopify. Uh, Shopify, we've got a current price of 670. Uh, Analysts say about a 46.6% upside on this one. Uh, When we did buy it in the uh, investing challenge on, uh, what week was that? Um, uh, Week five, we bought Shopify week five. We had got punished on that one. It had a big run. And then I think that week or the week after it came crashing down with uh, a bunch of the other news going on in the world um, that would probably have bought us in week five, beginning of February. And then, you know, we had all the problems with Russia, Ukraine and everything sold off. Uh, I would probably be adding to Shopify here if it were in my brokerage account. It's in the investing challenge account. Um. But likewise, I would be looking to buy this one uh, at these levels for a long-term growth play. Uh, and it's specifically for me, this would be a long-term growth play. It's not gonna be a trade. It would be something that I have a, a long-term vision that this one's really gonna do better. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of what I got on some of these growth stocks. I'm keeping an eye on them. And uh, you really wanna be... Careful as to what you're what you're getting. You want a profitable company, one that doesn't have such the uh, competition out there that uh, maybe Zoom or DocuSign or even TeleDoc have. You want to have the best of breed. You really want that quality to where um, you know when people get on Shopify. If you get a store on Shopify, it really gets hard to get off of that platform. You don't really want to transfer all of your business to another site. Uh so a lot of people want to keep on the platform that they start on that they've had success with. Same thing with Etsy. If you start selling on Etsy and you really get a following, you really want to stay on that platform as a seller. So, you know, a, a lot of that really keeps people on the platform. It really keeps people in those names. Uh similar with Peloton. You really have great uh results as a uh as a gym goer or it really works into your lifestyle. You know, it might be something that you adopt. Or even if people go back to the gym, if the gym has a, uh, a Peloton room and the group can can go on the, uh, the bikes or the treadmill or use their different uh, uh, workout equipment or the app or anything else, you kind of stay on that platform. So I definitely think it could have some uh, back to normalcy uh, relevance when people go back to the gym. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think it'll actually translate pretty well. Plus with having McCarthy there, like I said, he's, you know, got uh, Netflix and Spotify and all the subscription plays really doing well. Uh, now they have him as a, uh, uh, top level, uh, executive. So that should hopefully help the business grow and, uh, and stay in people's, uh, minds when they're looking to, um, add different, equipment or different uh, workout uh, platforms, really. So uh, that's my thought there. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, one stock that I really think is going to be a buy for me and uh, one that we've talked about before. We do talk a lot about the similar stocks, but it's the ones that uh, I think the group likes and ones that I'm comfortable with, ones that I know pretty well. Uh, so this is going to be one of them, but it's kind of a follow-up on some of the news that's coming out. And, uh, ultimately we'll see if you guys agree with what I'm thinking here. So stick around. We'll, uh, we'll be right back and talk about, uh, this next stock. All right, guys, welcome back. If this uh, podcast is bringing you value, I would certainly appreciate a share to other like-minded investors. And if you, uh, really are getting a good value out of the podcast, consider donating for as little as 99 cents a month. And uh, you can do that over at anchor.fm slash let it grow. I uh, would appreciate that as well. But uh, I did mean to talk a little bit about another company that we really don't talk about too much. Um, and this one is going to be uh, another EV play. I meant to bring it up when we were talking Tesla and Ford earlier. And uh, that company is going to be Polestar. They are currently a SPAC going through a merger. So it's a special purpose acquisition company uh, through Gores Guggenheim. It's GGPI. So Polestar is currently trading under that name until the merger goes through. Uh, I don't know what the ticker is going to be after that. I haven't uh, looked into that information. But uh, Hertz rental cars, they uh, announced that they're going to be buying about 65,000 Polestar vehicles over the next five years now they did announce that they're buying a hundred thousand teslas and uh i was looking at Polestar's production numbers and it looked like they made about 65 or sixty-seven thousand vehicles in the past year uh so this is a massive order for them this is everything they did last year uh they're going to they just got an order for that amount granted it's over the next five years but uh, it is a big validation that Polestar uh, is going to have some real orders and some real production problems going forward. You know, if they already had that kind of uh, capacity, they're going to need to up it in order to be making more. Uh, so I did want to point out that, well, one, Hertz is looking to expand that rental fleet. I'm sure a lot of other rental car companies are looking to do the same. Uh, plus, this one is an early uh you can get in kind of at that ground level at the SPAC pricing, which uh, currently is about eleven seventy-five. They were trading up to about sixteen forty uh, back in November. So this one has cooled. Uh, did have a bit of a spike earlier this week when that was announced, and uh, yeah, when was that? Uh, the first, yeah, they shot up from uh, about eleven forty to uh, about thirteen dollars. Now they've cooled off a bit. So. Uh, just one to keep an eye on, but uh, now going forward, the one that I was really looking to talk about when I uh, was mentioning on the first part of the show that I'm really looking to build this position even more uh, is one that we've talked about, one that I've uh, really I've been in for a long time now, and it's in that smartphone play. Uh, it's in the the handsets, the chips, and uh, you know they just uh, announced an acquisition. A lot of the the pricing has gotten beat down. I think because the acquisition went through, they spent some cash to get the acquisition, which uh, generally is going to hurt the one doing the buying. Uh, But long-term, I still think that a lot of things are going right for this company. This company is Qualcomm, QCOM. We had uh, been buying this one when it got down to that 120, 130 level, uh, when it cooled from that 170 price point. And uh, now we're we're in that mid one thirty range. We're at one thirty eight ninety eight today, and you know we yeah we got up to about one ninety three in the beginning of January. Then we really we really hit the brakes. Um, so this one is one that I I think a lot of people are misunderstanding. Uh, a lot of people think of it as a chip play, as a handset play you know, the iPhone, the, uh, you know, different Samsung chips, they, you know, have a lot of other things they're looking to do. And with this uh, purchase of Arriver, uh, it's an autom- uh, autonomous driving company. They are going to be looking to build out a different way to make more money, kind of the same thing that NVIDIA is doing. But uh, ultimately, I think that uh, Qualcomm is just getting too cheap again. They are currently at a 16 times PE ratio. They are currently trading at a 12 times forward PE ratio. Uh, and now when we're looking at that, that, uh, that is significant. We are also comparing it to where they typically trade. And uh, I know I had some of this pulled up. I, I will say that uh, the revenue growth for 22... Is still looking like it's going to be a twenty-six percent growth over the the twenty twenty-two calendar year, and then for twenty twenty-three, we're looking at thirty-six percent of revenue growth. So there's a lot of money that's going to be being made. That uh, multiple is getting compressed off of this uh, purchase of Arriver, uh, as well as weakening handset or cell phone sales. So. I'm still seeing that uh, they're going to have a lot of different ways to expand. I was listening to an interview the other day with, uh, what's his name? Aman, uh, Cristiano Aman of uh, the CEO of Qualcomm. And uh, he was saying that, uh, you know, they are really focused on growth. They're really looking to get into different uh, uh, verticals to where they can make different or make money in different ways. And they're looking to still have that, uh, the dividend grow at uh, he said high single digits, low double digits. I'm thinking seven to 13 percent roughly. So I'm still fine with those dividend increases. We've still got the PE that is cheap, that forward PE is even cheaper. And uh, when I'm looking at those numbers, let's take a look here. Um, the dividend growth right now is about 4.7%. The dividend payout is only 31%. When we're looking at that, normally under 60% uh, is going to be a sign that they can increase more. They have uh, more capital, but uh, Qualcomm is now saying that they want to put a lot of this money into growth. Uh, and for me, that is a, a great spot to be. I like the the traditional business that they're in, but I also like that they're going after um, you know, that autonomous driving and some of the different lanes that they're they're looking to stay in. Um, so now when we're looking at the peg ratio, uh, typically speaking, a one is a, is a good place to be. That's where their five-year average is. Uh, right now it's at a 0.9. So it's a, a 13% discount to where they typically trade. Uh, in comparison to the S&P 500, it's a 33% discount. And then when we're looking at the trailing P.E., it uh, is a 17.6. Qualcomm's five-year average is a 29.1. That is a 39% discount to where Qualcomm typically trades. And then when we're looking at forward P.E., like I said, it's a 12.8. That is their their forecasted forward P.E. Their five-year average is a 17.6. So that is a 27% discount. To where they typically trade, you know. You couple all those things together, the uh, the company looking to really focus on that growth, uh, as well as still giving that uh, high single digit, low double digit dividend increases. Uh, I still think that there's a, a a big room for expansion for Qualcomm. The uh, the analysts do agree with me, and uh, let's see that number right now is the average is going to be $217 from this uh, current price of uh, 130, 138. And this one is actually an older report. So these numbers are a bit off. Let me pull this one up on uh tip ranks. Let's take a look on there and see where they are saying that the averages are. Uh, Cause I think the one that I'm looking at is a bit outdated. So I just want to make sure we've got the right numbers uh, for the, for right now. Uh, okay, so now on tip ranks, we are looking at a 56 percent of upside on Qualcomm, and uh, that puts it at an average price point of 216 uh, and 88 cents. So, for all these reasons, and uh, you know the the cheap growth, the the cheap peg ratio, the the forward earnings that are way too cheap for me. I mean, it's trading like a, a commodity stock or like a food stock. Uh, I think the the numbers are just too low. I I think a lot of the places that they're looking to go and looking to be in, uh, you know, when we look at uh, a company like uh, NVIDIA, if we compare the two, let me uh, let me pull up NVIDIA real quick. When we're looking at the the PE of NVIDIA, it's going to be a good bit higher. Um, Yeah, they're currently at a 64. And remind you, Qualcomm is at a 16. They're going to be in the same places granted uh nvidia's got a bit of a jump start on them they are more of that are already in that growth space uh qualcomm's kind of in that traditional chipset uh space but uh, you're going to get more dividend out of qualcomm you're going to get uh cheaper pricing i think it's going to be a bit safer because that pe is already so compressed plus they're finding other ways to make more money so for me it's one that i want to buy um and again, when it gets down to that low 130 range, even mid 130s, uh, even right where it's at right now, if you wanted to buy, I mean, I, I think it's a, a good spot to get started. Uh, with some of the tech sell off today, we're down about seven bucks on the day on Qualcomm, but uh, the the whole market's doing about the same. And uh, so ultimately, I think it's one that is going to do well going forward. Everyone's looking for autonomous whether it's Google looking to build a car or Apple or whoever, uh, I think everyone's looking to be in this lane. I think Qualcomm is going to do well with these chips. I think they're in the right place at the right time. Their legacy business is doing well. And plus, you're going to have the boost from uh, the new purchases of uh, Arriver, that acquisition. You're going to have a, a lot of different ways that you're protected, but you also get the growth of uh, getting into some new lanes and some fields that are going to be expanding over the next five to 10 years. And uh, ultimately, um, you know, I'm already bullish on Qualcomm. I've owned it for a long time. Uh, and it's one that I could see bumping up from that tier two position to a tier one in my portfolio and really make it a top 10 for me. It's probably pretty close as it is right now, but uh, definitely one that I'm looking to. Uh, even build up more so right now with how it's looking. So uh, that's what I've got on Qualcomm. Let me know if you agree or if you've got some different thoughts or if you think NVIDIA is gonna run away with, uh, with the total prize on this one, if they're gonna take the cake. But uh, when we're looking at uh, the week 15 investing challenge, we've got five names here. We've got uh, Costco, Dollar General, Target, Walmart, and TJ Maxx, (TJX). Uh, so if you can go over to the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook, get your votes in. This will close on Friday, and we're going to have uh, the week 16 result or uh, announcement up over the weekend. And then we will be buying one of these five stocks on Monday, and uh, that'll be the $200 over on Weeble. So if you're following along and you're buying these with me, uh, we're doing that on Monday. If not, uh, we'll just post up some of the results see how we're doing over the year. Hopefully, we can get that outsized return compared to the market. Uh, we were getting close to uh, green. We we touched, finally got into the green there for a while. Uh, now, we're trading down a little bit, so I'm sure we're down a little bit in that uh, WeBull portfolio. But uh, Overall, I think we're doing well, especially with how some of the, the market's been going. We're going to continue to average in. We're going to continue to uh, look for opportunities and ways that we can Uh, get an outsized return versus the S&P for the year. So that's uh, really what we're looking to do. And uh, that's what I got for you guys today. So uh, please feel free to like, subscribe and share. I would greatly appreciate that. But I will catch you guys in the next one. Uh, Be safe out there. Continue to buy assets over liabilities and we will uh, catch you guys in the next one. Take care. for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on eTrade, Binance, and crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.